Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, I know I'm like being a little baby, but football season started. I know it's preseason. I was so excited because the Eagles were on Sunday and I sat there on my couch and I got to watch it. Joanne was at work, but she's a big Eagles fan. It's going to be a good season. I have to deal with all the crap from these people out here who make fun of Philadelphia. But you know what? Just chill, chill back. You know, I know, we, I know we've never won a Super Bowl. I, I know we booed Santa Claus, but you know, it's all about the game. So sit there, people. Football season is about to go full time. We're going to get it started, and we'll be talking during the year about it more. But we're not talking about it today. We're talking about my uh, my guest, who is actually a uh, very good poker player. For his name, it's Ken Davidian. How you doing, Ken? Hi. How are you? Good. So now, now I want to find out because my friend Jimmy Delavalle said you were in a poker tournament. Have you always been a poker player? Because poker fascinates me i suck at it but i mean have you always been a poker player since yes you were a kid? yes and we used to play as kids at home so and then most of us that played as kids at home grew up and their parents bought a place called the commerce casino no really yeah so so kid- my closest friend is the ceo and i have everybody that that works there are friends of mine that i grew up with now now you grew up in la yes your, your father your father was uh, a soldier right he was in my World- father was a russian soldier captured by the Germans, put into an Armenian work camp. And then when the uh, allies came, he became a uh, valet for an American general who brought him to the U.S. So now, so he came over here and he wanted a new beginning. So what did he do when he got here? Marrying my mother, (laughs) who was born here, and her parents came after the Armenian genocide. So they were more established. They had a small... uh, hauling business you guys from the east coast call it and my father got into the hauling business and i got into the hauling business and i was in it till i was about 35. now as a kid did you want to get into acting and now and it's probably sure as a kid i'm sure your parents didn't want you to act i don't know if they wanted you to act but it's sort of something that your father was a hard worker he came over and probably thought i came to america not for my kid to screw around acting. but but as a kid did you watch movies or what what fascinated you that wanted you get my grandmother did Armenian plays up and down the state of California, and the group that was in charge of the plays was uh, a lady and a husband, and their son was a big, big time uh, director, uh, and uh, his name was Ruben Mamulian. And now and, he was big time in, in an Armenian. Director? No, okay. no, no. He di- directed Tyrone Power in Blood and Sand and a lot of these 1930 movies. And his parents were like big the big stars in Russia on the stage. So when they came to America, they started a, a group. And I looked at my grandfather and father picking up garbage, physical, hard, real work. And I thought, I like what she's doing better. She's just reading somebody else's words. That can't be hard. I'm, I'm going to do that. And it took took 50 years to do that one. Yeah, well, also, I was going to say, because back then, in the mainstream, there wasn't a lot of Armenian actors. I mean, I'll be honest, with, with Armenians, as I said, my friend George Commerge and I went to college with was, growing up back east, like where I grew up, we had a lot of Italians. We had a lot of, my, my grandparents were right off the boat from Austria and Yugoslavia. I didn't know what an Armenian was till I moved out here, because I didn't grow up with a lot of them. And in the mainstream, in the in the acting, I mean, you saw that, you know, that guy direct, but growing up, for you, you, put, you didn't get to see a lot of Armenians on TV. I mean, no, so no. Must... Mike Connors from Mannix, yeah. Armenian. Cher, half Armenian. Uh, Akim Tamirov uh, was, uh, uh, I think, part Armenian, part Russian. But no, we, we, I didn't have, those are the only things I looked up to. When I was 13, it was, it was, that was it. I was in junior high school. I was making everybody laugh. And all I did was go to the theater. I went to, and I've said this story before, I went to uh, football practice and they gave me the ball and everybody jumped on me because I had the ball. What the heck did I know? I put the ball down. I walked to the theater. This place, I can pretend I'm a football player, but nobody's going to hurt me. And that was it. I I, I loved the, the theater. And... That went into movies, and but I always had a hauling company, and I always had some restaurants, always had something to make some money to live, because the acting wasn't uh, enough until two thousand six, seven. So when you graduate high school, 
you want to pursue this acting, but then you also, your father, they have a waste management company. Yes. So you sit there. How do you balance them both? Now, the, and what did your parents think about this career endeavor you wanted? I mean, because, you know, waste management, that's hard work. As you said, you know, and you said you see people picking up trash. You didn't want to do that. But how did your parents react to that saying, you know, did they sit there and did they encourage you? Or did they say, what the hell are you doing? My mother was born here. Okay. We went to the same junior high and high school. She was encouraging. Uh, my father thought I was crazy. My father also thought I was crazy because I married my high school sweetheart uh, and she wasn't Armenian. Uh, and that's when I just started working and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to raise a family. So you're raising a family and now you're working. But now how are you doing your acting as you're doing all this? Because that's, that's a big plateful because you're working for the company. You're raising kids. I mean, what? how do you get the time? Everything that I did uh, had a something to do with acting. For instance, I did the contract from the city of, uh, from the county of LA, I contracted for the trash pickup of the city of Malibu. Why? Because I wanted to meet people right. that were, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so you're smart. You, 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 you mixed, you were using your business to get, Networking. I mean, you're, yeah. you're actually networking. And it was working. And and But I never got anything until I reached total poverty, and that's when Borat came up. So you, you were sitting there, you were working, and you were networking, but you weren't really getting a lot of acting work. No, I know. You, you, listen, this is a job you know. You have to be focused. You have to be persistent. And I'm making a lot of money as a rubbish man, is what we called it. And I started a company... When I was, I, my father gave me a company that had $2,700 worth of monthly gross income, not cost. You had to take the cost out of the 27. I built that up to, I was 35 years old and I had built it up to 150,000 a month and it was good money. We were, we were, we were great. We had a 4,000 square foot home in Walnut, uh, uh, Pool, jacuzzi, cruises, uh, private schools, Cadillacs, but that's not what I wanted to do. So you were sitting there, and so you were a success. I mean, as you know, financially, if you yeah. look at, you sit there and said, you know, okay, this guy's made it. I mean, you, you have a good lifestyle, and just private schools, the jacuzzis. I made it. I made more money picking up garbage than I've done acting. See, that's just that's just crazy. I mean, but it just isn't it, it though. It, but you know that that's what always amazes me is that, that that shows that the dedication of people that do make it. That a lot of people don't understand that. Like, yeah, you were making all that money, but you weren't happy. You you I mean, you want you didn't want to do something, and that just shows that the dedication. And it's, I've had so many actors in here that they, they had the same dedication where they've left jobs and then they they've got good acting jobs, and then that series has been off. That's and, it, and it's over. You got to do it again. Yeah. So now, so finally, so what made you make the break from you have this household, you have this nice lifestyle? What what makes you uh, decide that's it? I I had a, a partner who wanted to go to Mexico and start a waste removal company under NAFTA. And we were asked by President Clinton and President Salinas to come to a place called Nalcalpan, which is right outside of Mexico City. It's their city of commerce. And to build a, a trash business. They didn't, they don't know how to pick up trash economically. So we went over there because my partner was a USC cinema major. And he said, let's go over there, let's do this, we'll come back with money, and we'll make our own movies. So again, it was, okay, all right, let's go do this. And I remember they called me from Seinfeld, and they made me an offer to come do, I think it was like four or five lines about a, uh, a muffins, and because it was a Russian accent. The muffin and pop. I couldn't come, yeah, and I couldn't come, uh, but I, that story is important later. So we stayed in Mexico for three years, and finally the corruption started, and uh, we filed arbitration under NAFTA. That didn't help, and I filed a $5 million bankruptcy. I lost my company. I lost my houses. I lost my apartment buildings. I lost everything because I was the one on the line. Uh, and then that was it. There was nothing else to do except act. 
Well, no, you said uh, you had they called you from Seinfeld. So you were trying you were trying to get some auditions before you did what moved to Mexico. Oh yes. So you yes. were you were in the motions, but just there was nothing killing it. You weren't. Were you booking anything? Very little, because the business was here, my family was here, and I would go and come, and I would stay for a year and a half. I stayed there every every day except for the weekends, and for a year and a half. I was there off and on, but uh, I was pursuing it, but nothing, I I almost got, I don't know how close I got, but I got all the way to the uh, second guy uh, for a movie called Batman with Michael Keaton, and they picked some unknown guy named Danny DeVito. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I yeah, know who, I, I never know. heard of him. I never heard of him. So, because my agent's friend was the creator uh, so I got in there and I have pictures of it and everything where I was dressed like the penguin, but I didn't get the job. So you come back from Mexico, you're broke. Broke. Okay. So your back's against the wall and, and that's what we all do when our back is against the wall. We go to, we go into the business that has the most rejection of any business. Oh God. So, so where do you start? Cause you have to sit there. You have to be pissed somewhat because you were a good businessman. There was just an issue. So it wasn't, yes, you, it, you, it, you, it wasn't my fault. Yeah, You did nothing wrong. So you had but to it's little, still my ship. So, so what do you do? You move into a studio apartment? I mean, what, what do you do? Where do you go? We left and we started a, uh, with my wife and kids, we started a, a uh, coffee house called Kelly's Coffee. It was a franchise. After that, we uh, opened a place in Burbank called Gotham Grounds, right near the AMC Theater. None of them, everything was survival. Nothing, uh, uh, I worked for another uh, waste removal company. I worked as a car salesman for a month. I worked as a telemarketer. Alpine management. But there was an Alpine production company, and that's why I went there. I never got a job from there. I eventually met the guy in con, and he said, you know, you used to work for me, and I wanted to bop him one because he never gave me anything. I was a telemarketer, and I wanted to be an actor, and I, that's why I went there. So I did all of those odd jobs, and uh, finally... Out of the blue, there came this breakdown, which I got breakdowns, and I would go through them and tell the agent, call this, call that, and I'd get a job here and a job there, just like now. You were in the Shield. Yes, yes, I was in the Shield. And I think the Shield was, in all honesty, I was, I think was TV's version of introducing you know, the, the Armenian money train. As I said before, there wasn't an Armenian presence on TV much. Yeah. And I think the shield was now there's that. four of them. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, there's more. I mean, Ray Donovan and stuff like that, which you you know, but Graceland. Uh, there's there's right now there's at least four. But but that must have been great for you for that first, because then you probably said, hey, you know what? Well, you know what? We're we're getting roles now, because I mean, the shield was, and that was a huge sub Yeah, but that was a that was see what I wanted. I always wanted. I read in TV Guide when I was 13, 14 years old. Michael Landon makes twenty five thousand dollars a week doing Bonanza. And I just wanted a sitcom. I j always, I still haven't got one. I've shot three pilots, uh, one with Bernie Mac and per Bernie passed away. I, I always wanted a sitcom and I never got there. I got into the movies. I've done a lot of television, but that's where I was going. And it's never that easy. Well, you're doing the dramas and then Borat. Now you said you got it. Was it a breakdown that you saw for? Yes, because they, they wanted they uh, wanted uh, a strange two strange guys from any country that didn't speak English that were uh, just confusing looking. And I went in. I called several times. My agent called several times, and they said, "No, we know Ken Davidian is an American actor." So finally, somebody made me an appointment. And I went in on the last day. It was callbacks. Well, now, were you familiar with his work? Not at all. Okay, because I, I remember Borat on the Ali G show. So I, I was I was familiar with it a little bit. So you were you had no idea what you were going to no, do? No, I went because of a guy named Larry Charles. Oh, from Seinfeld. And Larry said to me, if you had gotten that job on the Muffet, Muppet uh, Muffin, top. Muffin Top, you never would have been in Borat. Because I would have known. Because I fooled them. I went in character. Oh, so if you had done the muffin, they would have known you yep. weren't. Okay, so they would know you because everyone watched Seinfeld, especially yeah. in the industry. It's like Larry Thomas, a soup Nazi, was on a few weeks ago. Right. Everyone, you know, when he went in, they everyone thought he was 
they didn't know what he was. You know, they didn't know he's American and, and that character he played. So you would have been, they would have known you as an American with a muffin top or a right. And you, they would have said, up, oh, this guy's an actor. So everyone considered you an American actor. Yes. Okay. So you go in and now how do you prepare to go in? And now it's a audition. You don't know how big it's going to be, but you're have to fool a bunch of people. How do you get ready for that as an actor? Uh, f- everybody downstairs that was going up for the callback were Middle Eastern people that I had worked with. There was a guy named Ollie. There was a guy right now. There's a guy that's on uh, 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 Brink. He was there for the audition. There was so many people, but they were all dressed like we are now. I went dressed in the suit that you see me in the movie. Okay. So I had how, eight- how, how'd you decide to do that? What made you, what went through your mind? I had to fool them. If I go in there and talk to them like this, they're, they're not going to, they, you have to go in and start with the character so that they can see the character. And then if you go back to being an American, they've already, they're already convinced. But if you go in like this and then you start talking in accent, that's already, they know you are pretending to have accent. You don't have accent. So I just went in dressed and I had an eight by 10 folded in my uh, suit pocket. Fold it up, and they asked me for a picture, and I took it out, and I straightened it on my knee, and I gave it to them, and we just kept going for about a half hour. And after the half hour was up, and, and about 15, 20 minutes into it, Sasha came in because they said they called him to come in, and we started doing ad-libs, and it was we were great. And he was still like he couldn't figure out who the hell I was. <laughs> so at the end of the thing, I said, all right, you people, you like it me. I want to make movie with you, Sasha. You good boy. Uh, so just give my agent a call, and we can we'll set up so another you, appointment. You... And they they got up and they started. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Larry Charles called me a fraud. He said you are a fraud. You know how many people have come here tried to fool us. So they brought me back two days later because this is what they told my agent. I don't know if he's an American actor being in a crazy old man or if he's really a crazy old man and he can just do an American accent for 30 seconds. Uh, but eventually I met Sasha's mother and she said that he called her that night and said, I found it. So it was godsend. It was, it really was. So when you got that part, here, move my mic a little to you. When you got that part, did you ever think, I mean, the movie not at all. Was huge. I mean, I remember, as I said, I remember from M, uh, from HBO, the Ali G show, and I always laughed at that the short sketch. And it's one thing where it's like, okay, now you have to get that sketch and you have to turn it into an actual movie. Movie. So you get this part. You have no idea that it's going to blow up like it did. And and I want to ask you, how did you fool everybody when you were shooting? First, we both. I think he was in character eighty percent of the time. I was in character 99% of the time. And when I got the job, they told my agent and they told me, you will be in the ice cream truck only. Half your face will show. You are not going to be in this movie. So that's it. That was just a small, small part. You just, okay. They didn't want him driving the ice cream truck alone. So And they needed somebody else just so, so that would be somebody. Uh, and Larry told me, come downstairs, because we went to 13 different states. Larry said, come downstairs dressed every morning, get in the van with us, and if he calls you, he'll call you. I so, can't do anything about so it. So you went to 13 states? Yeah. Okay, so they, you went in the van, and how's it? what starts? After about a week, the first place we went to is Washington, D.C., and I, I know he knew I could do it, but he wasn't sure. Eventually, he was, every, every second he'd yell, Azamat! And I would jump out of the van and go. And we would ad lib. He spoke Hebrew. I spoke Armenian. Didn't understand a damn word. <laughs> so you're traveling around and your part keeps growing and growing. Yes. And now. Well, there was 650 hours of tape. Oh, wow. So it was. You a- only got an hour and a half. So they told him uh, after the third month, they had sent me home after the naked fight and uh they watched the dailies and the studio called and said where's ken and they said well we're, we'll see him when we get back to california they said bring him back it's a buddy movie and that's when i went back 
Now, how was it? I mean, the reactions from people, because, you know, people are just, you know, someone who's intelligent will pick up what's going on. But people, I mean, you think so. I mean, you would think so. Yeah. And that's what I ask you, because I, I always watch like these hidden camera shows and I go, if, if I go to, let's say, CVS in Burbank, where I go to get, you know, and if a guy walks up and takes a dump in the aisle, one, I'm going to walk out of the aisle. But two, I'm going to go, I'm going to be looking around, where do I sign a release form? I mean, that's just, I think that's just our thought process. But now, how, how I mean, what, how well, do you- Well, you're tainted. You live here. Even when I grew up, I would, but I mean, people watch TV. It's like that show Intervention. It's like, it's like, how do they know they're not going to be on Intervention? Because they sit there and they go, oh, you're on a show about drug addiction. Right then I would go, oh, this is probably going to be an episode of Intervention. How would you pull, how would you guys constantly pull the wool over your, the people's eyes? Because it's hysterical and it's just so funny. That's why there's 650 hours of tape. Okay. Some, oh, there's only one person that didn't sign a release uh, in, in, because it all has to be signed ahead of time. And the reason was we were making a documentary for Kazakhstan. So Larry Charles, who doesn't look like. He's crazy looking. He's got yeah. long hair, the beard. He's- so th- he says, listen, I was hired by these guys to bring these two cameras and they're doing a documentary. You got to sign this. And they would see the two guys. They would meet us and be talking like this and then be talking to each other. And, and we don't know what the hell is going on. And. We all know that if you look at a release, it says uh, all over the universe. Well, the guy in North Carolina looks at it and goes, all over the universe? Come on. Right. These guys don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and so, okay, I sign it. No problem. And next thing you know, it, it just f- went like that. And it, there was no script. So we only had an outline of where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And we needed that character to help us get to the next thing like the guy uh that we bought the ice cream truck from right we we had to find somebody that would finally say listen guys you don't have enough money why don't you buy uh uh, i have a friend who'll sell you a little tiny ice cream truck okay there we needed that so it was it was a lot of it was just on the fly oh a lot of it so now now how did that make you feel as an actor because it is i mean that's a that's a very hard thing to do for a lot of people i mean and you were you know, you love comedy, but you didn't really have an improv background. So no, I didn't. So what did you? I do now. Yeah, I mean, you go. You, you that's the I'll best improv you, class. George Hamilton told me, if I did that, Louis B. Mayer would come downstairs and slap me, because he <laughs> says I paid everybody for every word that they wrote. But him and I, Sasha and I, were we were we really had a good chemistry. Uh, for in the beginning, we were very good with each other and uh, it just flowed. We, I knew what he was thinking. We, uh, we went to uh, uh, Texas and we were doing the naked fight and we actually ran into a building full of engineers, men in the afternoon, naked. And I looked at his eyes and he looked at the out there and it was like, forget it. This is not the one. And we walked out of there like we were wearing suits. So, I said, okay, you're looking at the script. You finally get this big part. Now, did the page just say naked fight? And I'm for a naked fight, you guys took that to the gamut, to the point where everyone who watches is like, it was like those things when there was that website, two girls, one cup. You don't want to watch it. And you look and you go, oh, my God. Well, it just said naked fight. So you guys just said, we're going balls to the wall. We're going to do it all. Or you just said, let's just have fun. Someone in my position and someone in his position if he's going to do it, I'm, I have to be committed and I'm going to do it too. That's that, that you just have to figure who it is that you're, that would do that. And I have an uncle that would do that. So, but it wasn't, it, when I got there, when I got the job, there was no naked fight. I was just supposed to be in the ice cream truck driving. So the naked fight came up two months after. And when he tried to talk me into it, I kept saying, listen, <laughs> Fat guy in boxers is hilarious. And no, Larry says, no, it's got to be naked. And then when you tell somebody, I'm going to do a naked fight and we're going to run into this place naked and it's a Fox movie. Okay. You're going to be naked. We know, but it's not really naked. Right. You know, no, no, (laughs) damn it. It's really naked. So. But it opened the doors. I mean, it, 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 uh, so, so you went, you were actually, you just walked into these unsuspecting people and were naked. 
Yes. And and there was we ran through. Uh, first, we had the fight in the in the uh, and that was choreographed. We right. had a stunt guy. We choreographed that. But I got to tell you, even working, everybody's got a camera and they're all dressed. Uh, uh, me and him are naked. I, I, I was tired after and fell asleep in one of the other rooms. And I woke up and uh, 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 Jay Roach was standing in front of me. And he's one of the executive producers. And I'm laying there naked. <laughs> and my son was there. And he's meeting Jay Roach. And his father's naked. <laughs> so I shake his hand. You know, you don't know where my hand's been. And then we did the, the naked fight. Uh, and then the elevator was, to me, it was hilarious. I, I was so happy that I didn't break because it, these people had no clue what the heck was going yeah, on. How do you keep, I mean, you know, I, I know it's anything because you know comedy, you like comedy, but it, it, when it's like that, because it's, it's such, I mean, I did stand up and I've been in sketch where, you know, it's different when you're just, in front of a small crowd. Yeah. But, but when you're when you're getting one over on people, I mean... It's a one-shot deal. Yeah, so... You I, break, and everybody's going to kill you. So so you get the naked scene, the scene, the movie wraps. Okay, so now you're a guy who's, you know, had his ups and downs with the businesses, but you always wanted to act, and you were getting your parts. And now, once you got done, once it wrapped, did you feel it was magic? Did you sit there? Because did you sit there and go, okay, some people will watch it, or... What it, what it, how did you think the movie would be received, and did you think it would get a, a lot of an, a lot of recognition? We were in London in a van, and Jay Roach and another producer, an English guy, said to us, "Listen, it's going to open at this time, and don't be upset because you're certainly not going to be number one." Tim Allen has had number one Christmas movie where he plays Santa Claus three years in a row. So you don't have a chance. You might make three for the weekend. And both Sasha and I said, you're out of your mind. You're out of, because after the first three weeks, we knew this is, this is either, either they're going to watch it or they're not. And we just felt it was going to be really big. And we were right. Now, it's really big. So your life changes. Yeah. And so what's that like? Because, you know, as you said, you know, you had your regular job. You're not, you know, you're not used to being people. And, and half, probably half the people still think you're not American. They, right. They probably, yes, they do. They, they sit there. So how do you prepare yourself for that? Because you're going to get one, you're going to get the people who get it. The people who go, ah, oh, yeah, we love you. Or you're going to get the people who probably come up and probably start speaking to you in a language. Oh, they, yeah, they're all like, you don't have an accent? No, I'm an actor. So, so what? How does your life change after that? After that, the popularity of that movie, and how do you do? People bother you on the streets all the time, even now. So, what? How do you handle that? I mean, what? What's some of the weirdest stuff that's happened to you? Because that movie is such a has such a it's a bizarre movie, and it's a great movie, and it's a smart movie, and the people who love that movie watch it are the kind of people that you know you'd want to have a beer with at a bar because they're, they're just yes, nuts. And, and they the, several of them wanted to. Na- wrestle naked with me. No, no, really. So people came up. With- no, really. Come on, come on. Let, take your shirt off. And uh, my and my answer is: Do you have a black American Express card <laughs> made of metal? So you do so, that movie. So so now, what do you? I mean, after that, I got a movie called Get Smart with Steve Carell. Right. And they called, and uh, Peter wanted Peter Siegel offered me Burly Man. And the burly man is a guy in in the bathroom, and he speaks a foreign language. And I said, no, I don't want burly man. I want to do stalker. I've watched that show since I was a kid. I know I can play stalker. They had a meeting with me, and he said, well, I know you're American, but I didn't know you were American. And I didn't know you spoke English. So he invited me to table read. After the table read, I got uh, uh, the part. And then uh, meet the Spartans. And it just, uh, uh, the French guy, French director came from France says, I'm doing a black and white silent film. And I said, well, you're nuts. Right. You're right after Avatar. This is what you want to do? He says, yes. And he says, read it. And it was so romantic. I said, okay, I don't care. I'll do it. And that one was the two biggest movies. One, I didn't speak English. And one, I didn't speak at all. 
Well, there you go. See that? So it's good. It's only in America, baby. <laughs> I know. So it must be great to start getting these different parts. And yeah. now you're sitting there, and they're going back and forth. They're comedy, you know, they're some drama. And for you, well, first of all, when you were going up for the comedy and for the drama, because Borat was such a big comedy, I'm sure you got a lot of comedy roles offered. But did you also feel a little bit where people didn't know that you were American and so that you would get roles were you getting did you feel in the beginning you start getting typecast like in the roles like we're gonna give him a role of this or that? Yes. Yes. So how do you how do you handle that as an actor and what do you say to your agents to sit there and go, Hey man, you know what? I'm glad I'm getting these offers. But I don't want to do it. Do you have to put your foot down? No. Okay. I'm glad I'm getting these offers and that's it. I, I don't care. I, I I'll play whatever works because I'm not the most important part. I'm the the most important part is the film or the show. So whatever it needs, whatever it works. I just did one where I I thought I was going to be uh uh a broken back. I was had a broken back and I was uh, when I when I met with them, I talked in very bad broken English. So I get on set and I'm uh, hunched back and the uh creator of the show goes, "Hey, just be Ken." Okay. All right. Now, now I got to ask you, because you did a good uh, Southern accent. Now, how do you pick up the accents? Because one, you know, as I said, the, the foreign accent, you probably, you, the Armenian accent, you know, you can pick up, because you grew up around that. Yeah. You know? And so you, so that will come natural. But the Southern accent, and there was nothing worse than someone who does a crappy Southern accent. And, and there's everyone who will sit there and go, oh, my friend's from Georgia. And they always sound like a dope. How did you, how do you sit there and learn your accents? And you probably have started to learn a lot more. I have taken... In my lifetime, a lot of classes. I was a theater arts major. I, 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 and I've taken classes. I was, I took, I was taking classes up until like four years ago. I would still. You have to sharpen the knife, and you have to work at it. It's not that. What amazes me is it really comes down to two words: preparation and persistence. Because if you don't keep trying, you're never going to get there. And this is a place where they say no. It's easier to say no. In fact, they're not. If if they're going out for a rabbi, they go get a rabbi. They don't get an actor to play a rabbi. I mean, uh, uh, Marlon Brando played uh, Zapata. Like you could, you would never do that now. Now he's got to be a, a guy who's a, a Latino or something. Unless, unless you're an American icon, then they bring someone from another country to play you. Because you figure Lincoln. Uh, yeah, Martin Luther King. Uh, even a, a whole Martin Luther King movie, no one was from America. Even, uh, I mean, Tim Roth, great actor, but he's playing, and I'm like, wait a second, hey, yeah. there's American actors who can play that, which is just crazy. So, so now, how does how you know your your was it true your teenage idol was Burt Reynolds? No, that says it on Wikipedia. It says that you he influenced your acting. That's that's what you got to check your Wikipedia page. Uh, so I always my research and no. I said. So that's okay. interesting. That's, now, I just made a movie with him. Okay, now what was that like? Because I'm growing up. I we, didn't work with him. Oh, I would have loved to, but I, I was called Pocket Listing, and it was with him and Rob Lowe. And I had no idea. I, I just did it with the guy who wrote it and starred in it. And next thing I knew, I was uh, in a movie with Burt Reynolds. I would have loved to have met him. Now, you're, you, you're a food fan because you opened the restaurant. And yes. You, your son has a restaurant. Yes. Can, now, you can tell we're not on television, but if you see the body. You can tell I am a food fan. He's a food fan. Now, what made you want to get into the restaurant business? Because I was in poverty. Now, I mean, is that, so that was but when did when poverty? Did, that was what made you get into it. If you have a family and you've got even a shack where you're buying food to sell it, there's something for your kids to eat. So that's why you did it. Yeah. So so now now is your restaurant still open? Well, we have right now we have one hot dog stand in Sherman Oaks. Uh, and we're, I'm, that's, we're going to close that too. It's you're going just... to close it? Yeah, man. It's, it's hot dogs, man. It's baseball theme. I know. It's great. It's just that nobody, one son just started a ticket company called National Tickets, and he's selling tickets. He's been in the ticket business since he started the hot dog stand. The tickets went crazy because that's what he was selling there to also. And the other one is doing stand-up. Uh, uh, he's a citizen brigade. He wants to be a writer. He went to school to be a writer. We're we're transitioning from waste to food to entertainment. Now, how does your how does your how did your sons react to the whole naked? I mean, it's like because it's not every day that you know 
Like some people see their father go, you know, hey, my dad's a lawyer. Hey, my dad's an actor. Oh, what's he been in? Borat. What? Oh, oh, what? Now, how, how did your kids react to that? And how do people, like when you meet someone new for the first time who's like a friend of the family, they sit there and go, oh, my God, that's a naked guy. Yes. Because you're, you're the most famous naked guy around, I think. Uh, we won. We were the 31st of out of 50 of uh, Entertainment Weekly's most famous naked fights ever. See that? So. Now, how does it feel like, you know, as you said, if you're the naked si- scenes, naked scenes, and I, I probably last time on Paris is probably up there. Okay. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Um, now. You said you uh, you you want to do a sitcom. Yes. And you've been in a few pilots. Yes. Now, how do you feel? How does it feel? Because when you did Borat, you didn't think it would be a big part. So that was a very good break. Yes. How does it feel when you come off like something like that and then you do a pilot, even like God bless Bernie Mac, you know, he's passed. But I mean. With him, I mean, Bernie Mac was so likable. I mean, you would just think that that series would get picked up. I mean, what what, what does that make you go through as an actor? Because you went through the losing your company that makes rejection easier? I mean, how do you go through it when you look like it should be a sure thing and then it doesn't happen? I do not take it easily at all. I it sometimes takes me two or three days to get out of the, the slump of just not getting a part that I was too short or... They wanted blue eyes and you they teach you from the beginning class of in high school. Don't take it personally. I still take it personally. It's me. They didn't like me. It's just like Sally Fields says, you like me. Right, right. I, 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 we take it and it's very, very, very difficult. People go in and they get a job at Google. They go to school, they get their college degree, they go to Google and they go to uh, uh, three or four other places, they get the job and sometimes they're there five, ten years. We get a job every other week. We get rejected between that every other week 20 times. Uh, it's very difficult, but it's this is the business we've chosen. And uh, if if I tell people, because I know a lot of kids, I, I hang around with younger people than older people, and I tell them, if it's not like heroin, then go be a dentist. Right. You don't want to work as hard as being a doctor, but dentist makes a good living. You don't have to, or be a veterinarian. But if it's like heroin, if if you're not doing something and that's driving you nuts and you need a camera, and then you got to do this. This is what you got to do. Now, because of your ethnicity, do you do you get offers to be like just a straight up American guy? Like, do you get auditions for that, or is it, is the industry not into that yet? Not, it's difficult. Even even if it's a no accent, it's a Greek or it's a, a Middle Eastern guy or stuff. I uh, I've never played Caucasian. You know, which is it's just weird because you think now because the way that, I mean, and I don't mean just. Of course, because you're not called. I mean, it, it's like your ethnicity, but the role doesn't have to be Caucasian. You know what I mean? It, it would be refreshing. I bet it'd be refreshing for you if you just walked in and said, "You know what? You're going to be you know. the principal of the high school, right? The 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 psychiatrist, the the doctor, the 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 doctor at the morgue. You know, but uh, it, but again, I, I don't care. I'd rather be working than saying, "Oh, I don't want to do that." Well, now you've you've also been you've been parcel. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. And now, what was that like? Because I've heard that fun's just that's that's just fun. And and what was it like working with Devito? Because it must have been like, what the hell, man? You 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 know, you guys, you're, you're you have the similarities. And did you tell him about the penguin story? Well, I, yes, I did. But I told him the penguin story when I did a movie called, uh, uh, God, it was the the story of the guy from Taxi. Oh, uh, uh, Man on the Moon, Andy Kaufman. Yes, and I was. I worked on that set for a week as one of the extras in the show of Taxi. So I had no lines, but I was a featured extra, and I worked with all of the Taxi people and Jim Carrey, and DeVito was the uh, uh, producer of the film. And I remember his daughter walked in and went, I wa- oh, she, she, when I turned around, she said, oh, that's not my father. Uh <laughs> And we worked together, and then when we did uh, uh, Philly, it was very comfortable. Just like I had worked with John Voight in uh, Holes, and it was very comfortable. Last week, we just finished uh, Ray Donovan. I got to tell you about Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan is, is my favorite show, actually. I started watching it at the beginning, and I just, 
uh, John Voight, first of all, is is so amazing as a character because you watch him and you you feel dirty. I mean, because he's such a scumbag. Yeah. But but uh, were you a fan of Ray Donovan before you got the part? Totally. Okay. Totally. Watch the show. I I I don't I I can say this now. I would have done it for nothing. I mean, I I I love the show. There's a few of them like that. That that just. What are, what are some other shows you love? Homeland. Now, I'm doing Ray Donovan. I get you got to go to Germany to do Homeland. You got a conflict. You can't go. I got to. I got to get. I'm doing Ray Donovan. So, uh, but Homeland's one of them. Uh, I really, really like the stuff that's on uh, cable. It's it because it's just more real. Uh, but I I like uh, a lot of stuff. The half hour stuff that's uh, on on our on our four networks. Have you have you seen Tyrant? No, I have not. It's such a they haven't show. hired me, so I haven't watched it. I know why didn't it? That's such a good show. You would have been, a, you could have been the the, the general, the, the general of Latino. Hey, I mean, come on. I I listen. Marco Polo's out there. There's a lot of things, uh, and I'm actually actively with my agent looking for an agency because he knows it's time to go back to. I was with the big agent. I got lost, so. I went to a, a a nice guy who's a friend of mine and one guy. And two weeks ago, I finished uh, my first Bruce Willis movie. So, and that's with a Philly guy, uh, Rob Cullen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm friends with him on Facebook. They're, they're, we, they're we, brothers. Right. So now, now that must have been great. I mean, you work with some heavy hitters. I mean, what was it like? Because I'm sure, because Rob, they're always busy. I mean, they they had that show, Mr. Robinson, and. Uh, so what was that like? How did you get that part? Was it an audition process, or did they know you? Because I think a no, lot of times... No, it was a... Uh, uh, I think it was an offer. So it was just... Uh, do you get do you get offers? I mean, for now, because people know what you can do, and they know you have the chops. Yeah. Do you, this, get, do you get offers? For, for Russian loan shark? That's what they, that's, that's a uh, slam dunk. So now, like Ray Donovan, was that an offer? Did you have an audition? No, that I auditioned for. That's the one where... I had to have a, uh, uh, he had scoliosis, he couldn't walk straight, he was broken, broken English, and as soon as I got on the set, David said, just just be Ken. Now, that must be great when they sit there and they say, be you, and it must be a nice feeling. The, there's only one nicer feeling. We do it the way it's written, and then they go, okay, do your thing, and I do my thing, which is, we'll ad-lib and we'll... Uh, uh, do all that stuff. Uh, your Facebook buddy, they were they were great. They were great. They wrote and directed, but a lot of it, me and Bruce, we we were we clicked. We just. How do you get it in your mind when you sit there when you when you read something and then they say do it your way? How it's a very quick transition. Are you do you always? No, have, I do it. I do it before. So I, so I, you're prepared with you're ready to step up to the plate. If they say okay, you're sitting on your back going all right. I know the lines, but if they say go my way, you have that down already. You've, yes. You, you yeah, know. yeah. I've already, I've already said it, written it, and nobody knows. Now, now, do you do you enjoy the writing process? I, it's not like you write the script over. It's just, I wouldn't say it this way. I would say that way. I would add this. You make it more yourself. Now, look, some people don't like that. So, I, I feel I'm a canvas. However, they want it. That's what we'll do it. It's. It's eventually, it says, a film by Martin Scorsese. So, he's the boss. Now, do you do you, do you like playing the heavy, the hard guy? Or do you, do you enjoy playing the just like the lovable neighbor? I mean, what? I mean, I know you're an actor. You love all your roles. But... Uh, yeah, I, I, I like playing the heavy. I like playing serious roles, but there's always humor in them. One of my favorite actors, uh, and I got to meet him. We've become, you know, I know him. Uh... Michael Keaton, he, he, he's a serious actor, but he'll he'll see the humor in something and, and add it in there. Uh, I, I like that. I like to be able to, so it's real, but uh, it doesn't matter. Now the poker. Yes. Now, okay, now as I said, my friend Jimmy DeLaValle had posted, he was, he, Jimmy always plays these tournaments. How, and I think a guy, I don't know, do you know a guy named Lee Brownstein? No. He's a producer-director. He's went to my high school. I see he plays a lot of these poker tournaments. How do you get into playing these poker tournaments? And then is it for charity or is it, or do you take the money or like? No, it's, it's for charity. And I have not gotten to the point where I have to give the money back because I've always asked. 
and there was one we did all the way in Vegas, and I was with one of the guys from ER, and I says, we're on the last table now. We're, we're going to win. What do we do? He says, I give back 50%. So I gave back 50%. How I got involved in the celebrity poker was through a very good friend of mine named Norby Walters. Norby met me after Borat, invited me to his house. He has a list of 300 of the greatest actors that have and, and actresses that have ever been. And they come only eight people a week and he calls them and it's a $2 game and it has just social value and it's great. I've played with Richard Dreyfus. I've played with Noel Wiley. I've played with, uh, 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 I, I've played with so many people that I'm at awe of, uh, so don't you feel bad if you beat him? I mean, I know, I know it's like anything. Like I would feel bad if I like met, you know, Woody Allen and I played a pinochle with him. <laughs> I won. I'd be like, who said I beat him? I'm just saying. I, but you're good. So you have, unless they keep inviting you back because you lose. I, it's a, it, it, the total man I've ever lost. There's like forty bucks or something. Oh, so it's, it's just it's fun. not a it, even uh, tournaments are more expensive. But this is strictly uh uh just it's C, uh, George Siegel I've played with. Uh, and before me, Sid Caesar, all of these people were playing there. And that, Norby's son, uh, Norby used to be an agent, music agent in New York. Okay. Uh, but his son owns a company called Bold Films, and they, they're, they're in the movie business. So, and he also does Night of 100 Stars. And he's just been really, really, really nice to me. Now, you had said earlier your son is going to uh, upright citizen brigade. Yeah. Now, did you encourage that, or did he just see the path that you took and he wanted to do that? I mean, because it's like anything, it's it's generate. Your acting has now become, as you said, it went from your father, it was generational to the waste, but then it went now, and now you're trying to get into entertainment. Was that something you suggested, or did you, did you see a spark in him, or did he just say, Dad, I want to do? I mean, how did that happen? How it happened was he was going to Northridge, and he was a journalist, and he changed his major to writing for television and uh, movies, and he told his mother, don't tell him, please don't tell him. And she told me, and I said, okay, good, fine. And then he started doing stuff and eventually got to a point where he wanted to do a short, and I helped with the short. The second short he did, I did nothing. The first short, I got John Lovitz to be in it. I got uh, uh, one of... Uh, Lamos's daughters to be in it. I got, uh, I helped him put the thing together and it was called the last day foundation. And it's about a kid that's dying, but he wants to see his favorite actor me. So he comes to see me with his tank and he's very ill. And I take him to a poker game. I take him to the hot dog stand. John Lovett sells us weed. Uh, I take him to a, a club where he can meet a woman and then he dies. And, and it, it was, it was like a, uh, it was really funny, but then I got a call from make a wish to come join, uh, a charity event and be the chair of it. And I went to the meeting and I got a call from my son. You better tell them about the short. So I told somebody about the short next thing, you know, the next day I got a phone call from, uh, uh, the West coast president of make a wish. And he says, I, I, I don't think it would be appropriate. Right. I says, I understand. That's why I wanted you to see it. But he, now he's got another short uh, that he did called uh, uh, Supermarket uh, SVU, and it's about uh, things that happen in a supermarket. Now, what, now you, you have the movie coming up, and I, you talked about Ray Donovan. I mean, so Ray Donovan, you're coming back, and it, it's uh, – I can't spoil it. Oh, I believe it. Don't. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear it. I don't want it, you to spoil it because I I watch it. It's only we're on what week four. So you guys just wrapped shooting recently. Yes. Okay. Because I, I thought it was wrapped already. So so how do you sit there and not like when people know you're on Ray Donovan and you know how people can be annoying. I have friends who are sound men on Biggest Loser and different shows. You know people always hey, you watch. Go ahead. You know, tell me what happened. You're like we can't. We can't. How do you sit there? and- Oh, I get the exact opposite. Don't tell me okay. anything. So, so how does how does it affect you when you're a fan of the show and you've watched the last two years and you go, I love this show, and now all of a sudden you sit there and you go, 
Ah, shit, I know what's going to happen. I purposely didn't read every script. Okay. So I don't know. Like this week, I watched this last Sunday, and I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that happened. And I know certain things that are uh, catastrophic. So I, I've kept that to myself. But I have a few friends. Uh, uh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. So I don't tell now, what kind of roles would you like in the future? If someone said, you know, hey, man, here's here, we're going to give you five types, of, three or five types of roles that you could get. What, what would they I be? would like to, I would like to be in a Scorsese film uh, like something that would be in the uh, uh, mafia genre. Uh, and I would like to do my sitcom. My sitcom is called Poo Poo Papa. Okay. And uh, it's my Armenian character as Archie Bunker and he goes lives with his very very liberal daughter who's Armenian who's married to an African American mayor of Honolulu and he's very liberal and I go and I live with them and really it's it's Archie Bunker goes live with Gloria and uh, 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 Meathead and it's very very funny because of the politics but it's also family oriented because he's not Armenian and I didn't marry an Armenian, and I know what it's like, but it's still my son-in-law. So I can say whatever I want. Right. You can't say nothing. And it's it's funny. Now, with the Armenian culture, how do you, how is it going to get to a point where it can cross over? Because they're not, there isn't Armenian sitcoms. There isn't, I mean, how Five do, years ago, there was nothing. Now we've got the Goldbergs. We've got uh, uh, fresh off the boat. We've got uh, uh, all there was was the middle. And when I did a sitcom in 2008 or seven with Phil Rosenthal, who created Everybody Loves Raymond, and Aaron Schur, who was his executive producer, and they wrote something. Phil wrote something for me and him. Two Jewish guys. One of them's a Jewish Russian, lives in Russia, and the other one's an American guy, uh, and he doesn't really observe all this stuff. But he sends money to his Russian family. He doesn't even know them, but he sends them money. Eventually, they ended up on his doorstep, and they're going to shut the lights off on Friday, and they're going to eat kosher, and he's like freaking out. We took it to every network. We sat. I, I learned so much. We sat at and every network, and they all said, no, nah, it, it's too ethnic. It won't sell. Why don't you make Ken something else? Why, why don't we do it this way? And he says, no, this is what I want. Now, fresh off the boat, Goldbergs, everything is becoming ethnic. I'm at the, I'm at the right time. I just need a showrunner. Do you, do you just get frustrated, though, because it, that, there, you know, as I said, the Armenian, not a lot of people. I mean, people in the Midwest don't know what an Armenian is. No, you're right. So they have it, no idea about the Armenian genocide. They, and I'm very, I'm very politically oriented. With I, I was in Armenia last year, exactly at this time. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm always been involved with politics and Armenians. Now, when you go to Armenia, are you like a star? Because people, you know, because they're you're you're in this role, and there's not a lot of known Armenian actors in America. When you go over there, does everyone like? Does everyone know you, or do they? Do they sit there and go, "You're not. You didn't play Armenian." I mean, what well, happens? Everybody, everybody was so gracious. They were. They, it was like it was like uh, I was gonna say the Beatles, but it wasn't that big. Uh, but it was great. It was really great because all these people they speak my language, they eat my food, they and they all because I spoke Armenian. And when they saw the film, everybody, even people here in America that were in the Midwest, if they were Armenian, they understood what I was saying, but the subtitles had nothing to do with what I was saying. Okay, so so basically, people are going, "What the hell?" Okay, so that's yeah. That and he, one guy told me, he says, "I'm." I turn around and people are laughing, and I don't know why they're laughing. Well, they're laughing because of what I said, not what they read. Now, uh, now, okay, if I want to try a good Armenian dish, what's what's the best Armenian? What 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 is your favorite Armenian dish? I listen. To this it's the lamb, and it's the way they cook it. Uh, we have a few good Armenian restaurants. Uh, one of them in Montebello called Golden Skewer. The other one here in Hollywood called the Carousel. But you've got to go find a nice old Armenian lady who can make dolma and, and uh, kifta and all of these things, borscht, because I'm what you call Russian Armenian. 
because my family came from the Soviet area. Uh, there's Lebanese Armenian, there's Syrian Armenian, there's every region, because after the genocide, they all right. went everywhere. So, but I love the food. Do you love it? Yeah, I really do. Okay. Yeah, I'm a car- carnivore. Uh-huh. I mean, I see somebody goes, oh, let's oh. go have sushi. It's what? They don't even cook it. I like sushi, but I, I love oh. meat. I love meat, man. I'll tell you, I, I actually I go to a place called, there's a there's a kebab place on uh, Glen Oaks. It's really good. It's a, oh, it's yeah, Glendale right and Burbank. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, so what else is coming up? We have a few minutes left. What else is coming up for you? The movie, you don't, you don't know the movie, the date yet of the Colin brothers. When's that come out? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. Okay. No idea. What else is coming up? No, Ray Donovan. We can see you in a few more episodes. Yes. Okay. Well. Uh, and, and who knows? I have no idea what's going on tomorrow. Right now I am actively looking for an agent. Uh, we're actively, my writer and me are actively pushing the, uh, sitcom. There is, uh, four or five things out there. There's one, uh, one movie that they want me to do, then there's another movie I'm supposed to go to Spain for. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it happens. There's a basketball movie right now, and there was three Armenian boys in the 50s that lived in the middle of the country, and they were immigrants, and they were going to high school, and they got on this basketball team, and they made the uh, uh, state champion, and that we're doing that movie. We're, we need $2.5 million. Right now it's... Shirley MacLaine and uh, William Hurt. Uh, so there's things happening, but nothing is happening. Right. It's always, it's, it's that always, limbo. it's always, and that's the thing. It's the gears. The gears are always going. And you just, you now I'm going to check shit. my phone and somebody will say, why aren't you here? Why are you coming there? So, uh, but it's, it's okay. Just as so long as there's work, it's great. Uh, it, uh, it, it really, really is what we love to do, right? Oh, yeah. So, it's great. And any poker tournaments coming up? Any what? Poker tournaments coming up for you? Actually, yes, there is. And I, I, I don't know where it is, uh, but I was told, uh, I think it's uh, somebody's, somebody's girlfriend. Uh, who was the guy that was with uh, O.J. Simpson, uh, the kid that lived there? Cato Kalin. His girlfriend's having a, a Kato's a friend tournament. of mine. Oh, okay. Leon Ginn. Yeah, Ginn's yeah that's, that's the... The one I see him all the time because he's always playing at the at the tournaments. You don't play, huh? No, I. You know what? I I used to play like nickel, Andy. I'm I'm not good at it. Well, I, you don't have to be good at. It. You just need money. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to go lose my money. Hold on, I'm going to Vegas for a wedding in two weeks. I'll, I'll lose my nickel slots there. Anyway, so are you on social? Do you tweet? Are you a Twitterer? Do you tweet? I am uh, tweeting, Facebook, and Instagram. Now, what? Give me your addresses. What are your Twitter? Uh, Tweeting is the real, real Ken Davidian because apparently there was somebody that wanted me Ken Davidian. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, and, and then Facebook on, is that's, just that's D A V I T I A N. Yes. You know. And how about Instagram? Ken Davidian. Just getting. Do you post a lot of pictures? No. You don't. You don't. You don't do no, your Facebook. If page I have somebody's with me, they'll post it. Because I sent you a message on Facebook, but I noticed you you had like no updates. I go, I don't, I'll just try I, it. Just, I'll just try. And that's so funny. Is a lot of people don't. They don't update, but then they return, respond to my messages. I think they just look for their messages. I just go like, and then I'll if it's somebody I know, I'll comment. But I, I'm I, I don't think I'm that interesting, and and yeah, I'm still trying to just get work. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm glad I got to meet you, and uh, I'm glad you know. I, you responded to my message. Where do I pick up my 20 bucks? Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. There, there, there's a hat. Oh, that's your it's my hat. hat. I have a hat. Anyway, people, follow him on uh, Twitter. He, we'll get him to tweet more. So follow him, Ken Davidian. Uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. Also go to my website, coopertalk.net. There's over 400 episodes up there. Uh, email me, cooper at coopertalk.net. Tell me what guests you want to hear. I'll, tr- I'll try to get them, and uh, I'll answer your questions. Talk whatever you want. If you want to go to iTunes or Stitcher for your uh, mobile device, Go listen to Cooper Talk, type in one word. Also, uh, if you have an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and type in Cooper Talk. And my other project, don't forget my cookbook, Stop the Salt. Go to StopTheSalt.com. As you know, when I got out of the hospital a few years ago with my heart problem, had to change my diet. I had to cut my sodium down. I'm better now. I cheat, but I still keep to the recipes. It's 120 easy recipes. There's no pictures. You won't be intimidated. The, the, The ingredients are basic. The spices, it's stuff you have. Pepper. You know, no salt, but, you know, you're not, I'm not going to put cumin. I'm not going to put anything like that. It's good stuff. Mrs. Dashes, all that kind of stuff. Use that. 120 recipes. Buy it at StopTheSalt.com. You can get it at Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble, but I make more money if you go to StopTheSalt.com, and I'll sign it. So go to StopTheSalt.com. If 
follow Ken Davidian on uh, Twitter. Keep watching Ray Donovan. I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't want him to tell me anything because I'll be pissed. And uh, oh, yeah. it's real good. I, I see that. So people keep listening. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You have a great day.